It's time for Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Cougar Post Game Live is brought to you by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned and operated Big O Tires, the team you trust. Now let's join your host, Jason Shepard. Before we get into Cougar Post Game Live, let's pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is BYU Radio on KBYU FM HD2 Provo. You're listening to BYU Football on BYU Radio. Welcome back inside Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Number 19, BYU gets the win. They are now 3-1 on the season. They take down former conference opponent Wyoming 38-24. Cougar Post Game Live is presented by Big O Tires. Go to BigOtires.com and make an appointment at one of 50 locally owned and operated Utah locations. Big O Tires, the team you trust. Impressive second half for BYU, and it was a very strange game, especially in the first half. And if you were listening during halftime when I was talking with Blaine Fowler, there were so many aspects if you just watched the game that you wouldn't have felt that BYU was in a good position at the break, yet the stats were in BYU's favor, and certainly the score was because BYU led 14-10. to 10. And then in the second half, things really changed, and there were a couple of things that changed. One was BYU started handing the ball off to Miles Davis, and he was phenomenal in the second half. I'm really curious to see how much more of a workload he is given moving forward because he was great. 13 carries, 131 yards. He had a long of 70, averaging 10. Obviously, when one of your carries is 70 yards, that's going to boost up that average. Uh, But he by far uh, had the the most yards uh, per carry average at 10. Uh, Jaron Hall carried the ball eight times for 17 yards for 2.1 average, 3.4 average for uh, Lopini Katoa. Uh, two carries for 10 yards, so a five-yard uh, average for Christopher Brooks, who really didn't see the field very much today. But Miles Davis was fantastic. Jaron Hall, as as Greg and Riley were talking about, he was absolutely fantastic. And that's something that we have said for each of BYU's four games. The one constant that has been such a – the play has been such a high level has been the play – of Jaron Hall at quarterback. Regardless of the opponent, regardless of the situation, Jaron Hall has been exactly what BYU needed when they needed it. And tonight, he was brilliant. 26 of 32 for 337 yards and four touchdowns. And he spread the ball around. But, hey, you've got to give some mad props to Keanu Hill tonight. Keanu Hill, five catches, 160 yards and two touchdowns. And he was really one of those guys in the first half that allowed BYU, even when the offense was sputtering just a little bit, he made some really big catches that kept the chains moving. And, uh, and at the end of the day, he, he, was, he was brilliant. He ended up, as I mentioned, with, uh, with two touchdowns. The one thing in the second half, and really in the game, that I know uh, Coach Satake will probably discuss is the penalties. Um, you know, I, I tweeted out that if you look at, B, at the points that Wyoming scored, they ended up with 24 points. You, you, can, you can look back and say that BYU's penalties um, certainly played a major role in 14 
of the Cowboys, 24 points. Certainly that's something uh, that needs to be cleaned up. But overall, you know, BYU did what it needed to do. Probably wasn't the, their best game. They'll, they'll probably admit that. But, hey, when you can go through that, and you're down several players, and you can still come away with a 14-point win at home, you're going to take that every day of the week, and you never apologize for a victory. Um, on the other side of things, in terms of uh, maybe something that's not going to end up being good news, we don't know. Certainly we're all hoping for the best for Puka Nakua, but we finally got to see him since the first game of the season. Uh, after dealing with the ankle injury, got in and and played played quite a bit unfortunately in the fourth quarter went down with an injury we certainly don't want to speculate it appeared they were looking at that left knee uh, but uh, hopefully we'll be able to get some sort of idea of at least what the injury was if there's an opportunity I'm sure uh, Kalani will uh, will pass that along we'll just have to wait and see if they know anything at this point but that's certainly one of those things that you look at and you just you just kind of put your hand over your head and, and just man you know it, another injury to to Puka you just hope he's okay especially after working his way back after week one finally getting back on the field producing as much as he was able to do today and then for him to leave in the fourth quarter uh, we will have to wait and see all right we'll take a quick break hopefully when we come back we will be able to hear from the head coach of the Cougars Kalani Satake BYU gets the win 38-24 more Cougar post game live and next on the new skin BYU Sports Network This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now, back to Jason Shepard. Cougar Post Game Live is presented by Big O Tires. The Cougars improve to 3-1 and one on the season. As they take down Wyoming by a final score of 38-24. to 24. It is a short week for BYU. They will play Thursday night right here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium, welcoming in the Utah State Aggies, who lost at home to UNLV. So the, uh, the in-state rival between BYU and Utah State, which will be going away for a little while, uh, will uh, will be Thursday night, so a, a quick week for both teams to prepare. And again, uh, that is another late-night start, uh, 8.15 on Thursday Mountain Time for the kick here in Provo. Fans, remember, when the Cougars win, you win with Papa John's Pizza. Use the online promo code BYU50 at PapaJohns.com this coming Monday and receive 50% off pizza. This offer is good at any Utah location on Monday only. We're still awaiting the arrival of BYU head coach Kalani Satake down in the media room out by the BYU locker room underneath the east stands here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. In the meantime, let's update you on some final scores in college football. In fact, you know what? Before we get to the college football scores, this is something I've not mentioned all night, and I intended to do it during halftime, and I just did not have time to do it. I want to throw out a congratulations, first and foremost, to BYU Women's Volleyball for getting the win over Pepperdine today. They won three sets to one, but the big story and the milestone that was reached, a congratulations goes out to head coach Heather Olmstead. She achieved her 200th career victory and she did it in just 225 games that is the fastest in ncaa division one women's volleyball history so the fastest to reach 200 career wins as a head coach and she broke that record the previous record was 236 so she broke that by 11 games so congratulations goes out to heather olmstead on that milestone and obviously for byu women's volleyball getting the win over Pepperdine today at the Smith Fieldhouse, three sets to one. All right, 
College football, top 25, everything is a final number eight. Kentucky defeating Northern Illinois 31-23. to It was number 23, Texas A&M, taking down number 10, Arkansas, 23-21. to A wild finish. Arkansas had the opportunity to win with a field goal at the end of the game. The field goal hit the top of the goalpost. It hit the right goalpost. It hit the top and bounced off. I've never seen that in my entire life. If you need to go look at the video, it's quite remarkable to see the video of what happened. Uh, But the result is Texas A&M defeats Arkansas. Arkansas will be here in Provo coming up in just a few weeks. Number two, Alabama defeating Vandy 55-3. Ohio State at home defeats Wisconsin 52-21. UConn loses at number 12, NC State. Wolfpack getting the win by 31 points. 41-10 is the final score. Here's one of the upsets of the day. K-State goes into Norman and upsets Oklahoma 41-34. to Number 7, USC excuse me, scores 14 points in the fourth quarter. They outscore Oregon State by a touchdown and they win by 3, 17-14. So the Trojans remain undefeated at 4-0. Oregon State, their first loss now 3-1. Number 1, Georgia Wins at home over Kent State, 39-22. to Michigan over Maryland, 34-27. In double overtime, number five, Clemson, defeats 21st-ranked Wake Forest, 51-45. Number 11, Tennessee, defeats 20th-ranked Florida, 38-33. 14th-ranked Penn State over Central Michigan, 33-14. This was a uh, an entertaining game in Pullman today. I watched this this afternoon before heading to the stadium. It was number 15, Oregon, rallying to defeat Washington State. 44 to 31. The Ducks now 3 and 1. Ole Miss over Tulsa 35 to 27. Number 17 Baylor goes on the road and defeats Iowa State 31 to 24 in overtime. Texas Tech gets the field goal and defeats number 22 Texas. Down go the Longhorns 37-34 is the final score. Pitt over Rhode Island 45-24. Middle Tennessee upsets number 25 Miami 45 to 31. Utah winning in Tempe tonight, 34-13 over the Sun Devils. And the last game featuring a top 25 team is in Seattle tonight. And it was number 18, Washington, over Stanford by a final score of 40-22. All right, I think uh, we're going to take a break here. We will come back. Hopefully we will have head coach Kalani Satake coming up on the other side. So Greg Rubel and Riley Nelson We'll get you player and coach post-game comments when we come back on Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU. This is Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Now back to Greg Rubel. BYU 38, Wyoming 24, our final score. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake at the postgame podium. Played. I mean, I think we had uh, a lot of mistakes in the game still. I mean, I, the coach in me just keeps thinking about things that we can get better and can improve on. But I felt like, I mean, we did enough to win the game. And a lot of credit to Wyoming. Uh, I think Craig Bowles are an amazing coach. Got his guys ready to play. Um, and I think they'll do well in the conference. I mean, they, they had a... A nice win against Air Force, and tonight I thought they played tough physical football. We kind of we needed it, you know. It was a it was a good way to get our guys to either respond or or, or fold. And I, I like the the response we got from our team. Um, 
obviously got to find ways to play more disciplined football. Had a lot of mistakes, uh, penalties, uh, but also just didn't feel um, the rhythm wasn't right, you know, so uh, that's my fault as a coach. We got to find a way to get things going a little bit more smoother as far as, uh, you know, our, the setup and making sure that we're executing cleanly. So, um, yeah, I thought, I thought uh, just tons of mistakes. We got to get better than that, but um, I'm glad that we got we were able to get the win and uh, the guys, you know, they're, they're resilient. They keep keep playing hard and um, but we, we got a quick turnaround here, so we, we need to get ready for this this next one. Don't have a lot of time, so uh, going to get some rest tonight and, and get ready to roll on Monday. But um, this this game on Thursday is going to come up real quick. But there's a lot of things to look at and film and, and learn and get better. So I'll take any questions you guys have. Greg Bull said that Jaron Hall was the best quarterback he's seen this year. Uh, praised his ability to extend plays. What can you say about some of the big plays that Jeremy made? Especially, there was uh, one scoring drive where he converted three third downs. Yeah. He was just able to keep the guys going. Yeah, I mean, Jaron's smart. He, he's got a great football IQ. Uh, he understands the game. And, and I, I mean, I get a lot of credit to Wyoming. They they do some difficult things uh, up front and, um, you know, take a, try and find ways to add more bodies into the box to take away the run. But, um, I thought Jaron was able to be smart with, with the ball and took care of the football. I um, thought he went to the right people. And, um, you know, I, was, I mean, I, I think he's a great player, but, but I, I know that he's disappointed on some of the, some of the things that he could have done better. So the uh, thing about Jaron is he's just never happy with he, – he, he wants to always get better. So, I, I mean, he's a happy guy, don't get me wrong, but he's, he's – Looking forward right now to find ways to get better and learn. So, uh, lucky to have him as a leader on our team and, and our quarterback. But he's doing some really good things for us. We just need to find a way to get him, utilize his strength still, and find a way to get things a lot. I don't know. This, I'm just trying to say it felt a little disconnected on offense, you know, and, and we, we need to find a way to get it, um, the rhythm better. How big was that drive at the end of the first half? There was a lot of missed play calls and had to burn a couple timeouts, but you're still able to get in the end zone and have the lead at halftime. Yeah, and I, I think, um, you know, it's, it has to be a little bit cleaner with our personnel groups. We've got the wrong people in there, and I think the refs were, were holding the clock quite, like holding the ball um, a lot longer than what we're used to. Um, but that's okay. I mean, when you have subgroups and you're using different personnel groups, you have to give um, Wyoming time to. to, to make an adjustment. I, they did the same thing for us, so it wasn't anything out of the ordinary, just um, maybe we, we changed the personnel groups too often. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to challenge A-Rod to take a look at that and Fessy and the rest of the group and see what we can do to make it a little bit cleaner. You know what I mean? I just, um, but, but credit to Jaron. He, he knows how to um, make everybody look good. So uh, I, I just like that he took care of the football. That, that's the one thing that I think he's playing at a really high level. and You don't see him taking... Um, Unnecessary risks, and so uh, just really happy with his with his game. And uh, I think I think Wyoming can do some really difficult things on defense to disrupt the timing of a quarterback, and and they they've done that with, to a lot of other teams. So um, I thought our guys held the composure for the most part. It's just some weird mistakes, man. It's just like the, the cut block and and just understanding the game. You know, we had um, I don't know. I, I was real frustrated at the at the end of the game with a we had a. a Illegal cut block. We shouldn't have done that. Our, our players should never should understand the rules that you don't cut block on on interception or return or fumble return, and so that's our fault. We've got to teach them. But 
I wish they would have just called it dead. It was pretty obvious it was an incomplete pass, you know, so but whatever. I'm not going to worry about it. We just got to find ways to get better and just be play more disciplined football. Why was Chris Brooks barely used tonight? Um, I think the plan was to see who can get the hot hand, and Miles felt, you know, A-Rod and offense felt good with Miles running the ball. And, you know, we just, we'll, we'll do it by committee right now and see who's, Who's going to get us the best chance to get the, this run game going? Uh, we needed something, something to go. The last two weeks wasn't good enough, and uh, you can only blame the old line for so long. So, you know, the challenge is for all those guys to step up and make plays and find a way to protect the football with ball security, and then find ways to make runs and find ways to puncture and then gain yards. So, that, I think Miles did some really good things, and Lopini did some good things, and 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 even you know, Chris was in there and made some plays. But uh, towards the end, we're going to go with a hot hand. Rhythm. Do you feel like your team got better tonight from this performance? Yeah, I mean, we knew it was going to be a physical game, you know, so it was, it was nice. I mean, after the last week, it just felt good to just get hit in the mouth a little bit and respond better. So I think the, the um, I appreciate the style of football that Wyoming plays because you, you can't hide from it. You either have to bounce back and, and face face it or, or, or hide, and, and the guys, they, they answered the call. You know, I, I, I like the way Wyoming plays the game of football. I think they're really power I mean they're they're a smash mouth type of team on both sides and even their special teams they, they have a lot of really good players and coach Bowles done an amazing job getting this team ready but um, I thought our guys responded the right way we just got to keep building off of this we're, we're a much better team than we were last week but uh, the, the 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 mistakes that were made are fixable we can we can get those things fixed and that can be done by tomorrow so we'll, we'll get get to work on it Keanu Hill and Braden Cosper kind of stepping into the lead roles in the receiver. What did you kind of make of some of the guys who haven't had the biggest role throughout the first couple couple games kind of stepping in tonight? Yeah, we, I mean, we have to utilize all our players, you know, and, and we've been without Gunner for a, a long time now. And, and um, you know, we'll, we'll see how, how Puka is dealing with his with his injury that happened tonight. So um, I thought I thought Keanu did a good job stepping up. Cosper did. Um, uh, you know, I think um, Cody did some good things too. So, the players are, 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 we have good talent. We just need to keep, um, just keep plugging away. I, I think we just eliminate the mistakes or minimize them as much as we can and we'll be in a better position. Puka, was it the knee or was it the ankle again? Um, no, not, not, I mean, I don't know entirely. I don't, I'm not a trainer or a doctor, but it, it didn't look as much of a knee issue as, as anything else. No, I, I, I don't know if I, guys, I'm not a doctor. You know, you guys have asked me about Gunner for the last few weeks. I don't know. I don't know anything about Puka until we figure it out. So I'm sorry, but I, I just. You're the only one we have to ask. Yeah. <laughs> find, find the doctor's numbers and go ask them. I mean, I, I don't know until, until they assess it. But I think, I mean, I'm always hopeful, right? But I, I know you guys are doing your jobs, but I, I don't have any answers for you until. I mean, we have a lot. We had a lot of game time decisions made tonight, and, and Puko was one of them. Gunner was one of them. There's a lot of guys that, that we we didn't know if they were going to be able to go or, or not. And, and so I think with some of the guys, we held off a little bit with a plan on, on them playing next week. And that's so. If you look at that D line, I think Gabe Summers and and Earl, those guys that that fit in that category. Your kicker. Uh, why did you go with Justin Smith there instead of Jake? Yeah, I, we told Jake that we we're gonna we we're gonna. Work both kickers, and I thought Jake did some good things too. But uh, I think it was a good time for, for um, in that moment, for Justin to go in and make a kick. We've we've been fortunate to have both kickers that have experience, and so yeah, the, the competition is always still going. I mean, for 
entire team. So I think we may have to work with two kickers. Or I don't know, but we just want to find ways to make kicks and find ways to score more points. And then on offense and on defense, find ways to stop them and get more disruption. All right, thank you. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that is BYU head coach Kalani Zitake. BYU players next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Post Game Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU 38 and Wyoming 24 tonight's final score. Down to the BYU press conference room, defensive lineman Tyler Batty and wide receiver Keanu Hill at the you podium. Guys have a lot of players have to step in and fill roles, and some guys we haven't seen play a ton got in and play. What's that like when you see guys making plays? I think Hunter Greer had a nice play. Awesome some of those guys. Too, yeah. Uh, it's great, honestly. Um, we have a we have a great D line room. Uh, we have a ton a ton of talent in there, and, and more importantly, a ton of hard workers. And so to see those guys get on the field is exciting. And and when they make plays like that, yeah, it's a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun. Keanu, do you think the gritty deserved a flag? <laughs> um, I say yeah, just because you know we preach them not being selfish in our in our culture. So you know, I would say it does. So. How would you describe your night, Keanu? It was a career night for you, obviously. Uh, I'd say I had a, a great night, you know, but I still see, like, I still had, like, little flaws here and there every time I was on the field. You know, some plays I would, like, kind of take off, which I don't like. I don't really like to do that and stuff like that. So just probably just staying focused, locked in on every single play, even if it's a run play or anything, some tricky, so for sure. A, a couple of your big catches came when Jaron Hall was able to extend plays and find you downfield. Yeah. What that, do you say about him? what he was able to do tonight. Oh, uh, he, that boy is so talented, man. Just then when every time we come into practice and stuff, he always locked, he makes us get locked in, stay focused on what we need to do. And just seeing him throw it in practice, I already know he's going to make the throws in the game, so I'm not really worried about him. But uh, And also, shout out to the O-line, shout out to the running backs for getting him enough time to sit there in the pocket and to give me a great ball. So shout out to the O-line and uh, the running back for sure. Ken, how big was that touchdown right at the end of the half? You were down kind of a ugly drive with some mistakes and having call timeouts. How big was it to get in the end zone right before going to the goal? Uh, I, I would say it was very big for us. You know, we always pride ourselves on always bouncing back and never really thinking about the last drive or anything like that. So all we really thought about was just getting into the end zone and uh, scoring before before half for sure. So I'll just say our mentality probably changed since uh, then, you know, being more focused and being more locked in. We kind of got off to a slow start, if anyone didn't see, but we know. But we always pride ourselves on the, it don't matter, next play, next play, you know, just be better the next play, so for sure. Tyler, the Wyoming's first and third drives, they really gassed you guys with the run. How did you shut that down? Um, Yeah, on, honestly, uh, yeah, they were they were moving the ball uh, the ball um, there there in the first half, especially those first couple of drives. Uh, again, like Keanu just mentioned, um, when adversity comes, it's really just yeah, next play mentality. It's just you know wipe the slate. We got to go out there. We got to get a job done. Um, next play, next down, next series, whatever it is, just go got to go out there and do your job. Uh, Kalani was kind of talking about how the, even though the offense has some good numbers at the end of the day, you felt the rhythm was kind of off at times in the game. Do you agree with that? And like, where do you think this offense can kind of change that? Um, I would just say 
starting out fast. I feel like we always uh, like a couple of these last couple of games we came like, came out on a slow start. So I just stay just starting out fast and then staying more consistent for sure. Uh, like, but like uh, our run game picked up for sure. Shout out to Miles Davis, man. One thirty-one, man. I've been talking about that boy forever, man. That's that's my little bro. I always talk about that boy. So he really stepped up today when we needed the run game going. So for sure for that. How do you think Miles has kind of stayed stayed ready through this? I know he hasn't had a ton of opportunities. Oh man, I talk to Miles every day, man. I always try to keep him positive, keep him pushing, man. And he'd be doing the same thing to me too. We just try to keep ourselves positive. And just not trying to be so much in our heads, man. Really. So I mean, I really shout out Miles Davis for that. You know, he kept me in my kept me in my zone, kept me going, and I did the same thing for him too. So that's really that's really my brother for real. So. How did feel like your first sack of the season? Good. It's about time. It's about time. That's all I gotta say. Yeah, take us through that. You know, I think Wyoming just had scored. It's like three minutes left on the clock. Jaron Hall gives you a good ball. You catch it and you drag the receiver for like ten yards to Oh man, I've been dog. I've been <laughs> dog. <laughs> oh man, I've just been I've just been really just trying to get my weights up in the weight room to be honest. And I'm not saying like he was a little boy or anything, but you know, I've just really been trying to focus on trying to get <laughs> just trying to get trying to get my weight up, you know, just, just to make those big plays and stuff like that. But like I said, shout out to the O line, shout out to the, the running backs for giving Jaren a good pocket for him to throw in. So last question for one of these two. For both of you guys, uh, what's the schedule like for the quick turnarounds? It's already Sunday. Next games on Thursdays. What's the schedule look like for you guys? Uh, just when Monday hits, just look at the film, and after after the film's done, then boom, Utah State. After that film's done, we're done with Wyoming, and then boom, it's right on the Utah State. We know them boys been looking for us for a while, so you know we for sure got to bring it this this week for sure. So, yeah, I'd say the same. Quick turnaround. Uh, just get the film knocked out tonight, tomorrow. Be ready Monday. Short week. Um, yeah, it's just right back to the grind. Get it taken care of. Sorry. All right, uh, more from the BYU locker room press conference area. After this, Kooks 38, Pokes 24 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar postgame live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU 38 and Wyoming 24 tonight's final. Back down to the Cougar press conference room. Quarterback Jaron Hall running back Miles Davis at the podium. Like I said, we got to give all the glory to the line and the quarterback, of course. That's Miles Davis. Kalani said earlier that this was going to be a running back by committee tonight. Did you know throughout the week that you were competing to maybe get a bigger share of carries uh, going into this game? Uh, honestly, no. I did not know that. Uh, like I said, my, the coaches just told me to go out there and just have fun. So I went out there, you know. Just have fun with the game. And, you know, when my time came in, I just tried to do what I, I do. How comfortable do you feel as a running back? Because you arrived here as kind of a versatile athlete, wide receiver, running back. Just maybe your comfort level at this position. Uh, honestly, I love running back. Honestly, I feel like it's a lot easier than receiver, you know, like honestly. So I love running back, you know, and he don't, he make it better. <laughs> he make it better. Like I said, the offensive line make it better too. And the coaches, like you know, them trusting us and having confidence in us, they make it a lot you know easier for me. Did your teammates give you any teasing that you didn't quite make the end zone? Huh? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. He always thinks he's faster than me, so you know. But. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've been hearing it. I'm going to hear it a lot more, you know, coming this up, upcoming week, you know, especially with my dad tonight when I when I call him, my receiver call from him. I'm going to hear it for sure. So, 
Jaron, what did you think of Miles' performance? Because we've heard a lot about him in the past two years in fall camp. This was his breakout. Night. Yeah, just, it was just a matter of time until Miles got a shot. Tonight was it. He was prepared. <laughs> he did a heck of a job, as everyone saw. So I'm really proud of him. I've been seeing him ball out since his freshman year here at receiver. And then moving to running back to do that mentally and to not even – you know, not to skip a beat at all is pretty impressive. It talks a lot about you know his character and his willingness to just do what his team needs. And you know, his time came tonight. Jared, you complete eighty-one percent of your passes. What are you seeing out there that allowed you to complete such a high percentage? This guys getting open, making plays. You know, contested balls. Defense did some stuff that was a little different what we saw. So we just kind of roll with it. Um, just stuck to some of our basic stuff that we're comfortable with. You know, A Rod did a great job of, of keeping me in a good situation, throwing the ball. Jared, Miles, uh, Miles, Brandon, Keanu all had breakout games mm-hmm. today. How does it feel like connect with guys like that on big plays? Yeah, it's, it, we, we've been doing it since game one at USF, getting everybody involved. Um, you know, everybody today stepped up. Um, some guys took on bigger roles than others because their number got called more. And so some of those guys you named definitely seized the moment and did a, did a great job. Jaron, that, that last drive before the before halftime, mm-hmm. there seemed like there were some miscommunications, had to call some timeouts, but you're still able to get in the end zone mm-hmm. going to halftime with the league lead. How big yeah. was that? Oh, big time. Yeah, anytime you can score going into halftime, especially when you're down and the other team's going to receive the ball coming out of half. I mean, we've seen the, you know, the bad end of that, that situation. So being able to score and get points going in felt a lot like the Baylor game. Just a lot of momentum, um, <clears throat> just confidence, you know, that we can continue to move the ball and take more advantage of our drives. So it was big for us. Aaron, how would you summarize maybe this past week coming off the loss, how the yeah. player on the offensive side leave to the transfer portal? Just maybe yeah. summarize this week and then the yeah, There was a lot, lot of emotion going on from a loss to, to losing down, who we all love so much. Um, wish he was out there with us. But, uh, you know, it was just a lot emotionally going on, obviously. You lose a game like that and then have that happen. It was. It took us a couple of days to kind of figure out how we're going to move forward. Um, but luckily, we have Kalani leading the way, and he just reminded us that we're here to, to love and learn, um, here, and he really here to find our love for the game. And so, you know, our love for football, our love for each other is what got us, you know, back to being ready to play. Um, we just kind of worked through it as the, as the week went on and, and just got game ready by tonight. So, yeah, it was a process for sure. Kalani said it wasn't the most rhythm game from no. the sideline. You know, no, some things all. he felt like the, the rhythm was yeah. off. How do you fix that on a short week? Yeah, you, you got to practice it a lot. You got to lock in, you know, put aside distractions the next couple of days because, you know, today is, oh, shoot, today's like a, a Monday or a Tuesday, essentially, if you're preparing for a Saturday game, I think. Maybe my math is right, but either way, um, you really got to start hitting the film tomorrow um, and kind of get into it from there. So everyone's got to, you know, put aside their distractions. Um, just find time to really focus in and key in for Thursday. Do you think this was your best performance, Jaron? It says this BYU quarterback 337, four touchdowns, 81%. I don't know. I'll, I'll let the coaches decide. Um, Greg, you like the last duo to have 100 and 100, plays. I can 100 rushing, right 100 receiving against Wyoming? Situation. So um, all I'm concerned about is getting better and you know how I play. I'll just you know I'll let the film kind of tell that when we go back and watch it. Anything else for these guys? All right, thanks. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, uh, quarterback Jaron Hall, running back Miles Davis. When we come back, we'll hear from the other locker room, Wyoming head coach Craig Bull. And then following that, it will be Kalani Sitake and our Larry H. Miller Auto Cougar postgame coaches show. That's still to come. BYU defeats Wyoming by a final score of 38-24. to Cougars go to 3-1 and one on the year. The Pokes fall to 3-2. and two. More Cougar football coming up from Provo after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel for more Cougar Postgame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. BYU, 
by scoring in every quarter. Now distances itself uh, from Wyoming Cowboys, 38-24 is our final. BYU led 7-3 after one, 14-10 after two, 28-10 after three, and wins it 38-24. to Huge nights for Jaron Hall and Miles Davis and Keanu Hill. Keanu Hill, multiple touchdown catches tonight. Braden Cosper with also his first career touchdown catch. Cody Epps with his second after scoring his first last week in Eugene. Head coach to the Wyoming Cowboys is Craig Bull, the three-time FCS national champion. Uh, Craig Bull sees his team come to Provo and fall tonight. Uh, he is now 0-2 against BYU and head coach Kalani Sitake, having lost the 2016 Poinsettia Bowl. Craig Bowles' Wyoming record tonight falls to 48-52 and in now his ninth season in Laramie. He spoke with the media a short time ago. Appreciation to our broadcast intern, Jared Call, for being on hand to grab these comments. The very first thing, I want to congratulate BYU. I thought they really responded well after a difficult loss against Oregon. Coach Sataki's done a great job with the culture of that team. They have good players. Um, I heard what type of environment this was. Um, it, it, uh, it's as advertised. I mean, it's a tough, tough environment. You know, the, the noise I thought was somewhat disruptive, but overall we handled it okay. But a lot of energy out there. Um, BYU's got good players. Um, we didn't play our best game. There were some things that we did okay. And you don't come on the road and play in a hostile environment and play a rated team and play okay. So we've got to bounce back. Uh, we've got a lot of a lot to play for next week, another conference game. So questions? Craig, the, the first half, you, your offensive line was getting good push, mm-hmm. and Titus and DeWine had some nice long runs. Did they make an adjustment with, with the running Yeah, they did some things with the backers, and they did some things on the flank. You know, a lot of the push that we were getting was, was outside zone. Um, you know, then then what occurred was as opposed to the eight-yard game, we we're getting the four-yard game, and on the road, that's probably not going to get it done. So credit to them um, because we thought, you know, for a while there we could we could really establish the line of scrimmage, Ryan, and and that was going to keep our offense on the field and keep the prolific offense off the field. Um, they did a, a better job adjusting than we did, and um, so kudos to them. Did you think a, a turning point in this one was letting them score before the half? Um, we didn't let them score, <laughs> sure, Cody. Sure, sure. Um, I, can, I can see why, yeah. Um, yeah, but I feel, still felt like we were in a one-possession game. I really thought that the opportunity we had was when, you know, they went for it on fourth down about the 40-yard line. And when we got off the field there, I thought, okay, that one may cost them. And, we went three and out. And that would probably be more of one. But without question on the road to keep them out of the end zone. I would mean, burn a couple timeouts, try to get a couple looks. Um, I asked the official what they saw. They said they saw one blade of grass, and then they couldn't confirm. What? That, i got to watch what I say. So hold there. Um, had the punt and the kickoff down uh, 11 in the fourth quarter. Was that just kind of a faith in your defense situation? Yeah, you know what? You're, you're talking about decision whether it's onside kick or not. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, first of all, the percentages on sides, I looked and I, and I thought if there's more than three minutes left and we had those timeouts, um, it was we were going to try to roll the dice. I thought they'd be one-dimensional. Um, they popped a long run. Uh, we it, basically was like a goal line look 
and that's, uh, you know, everybody's got to be in the right spot. We're going to stone them if everybody's in the right spot. One guy wasn't. That, but that was the thought process. Um, you know, we went for, for one, uh, you know, put it at 11. Mm-hmm. So that's what the thoughts were, and it uh, didn't work. Was it frustrating you guys were in position to get off the field on defense a couple times and had some oh. missed tackles? Yes. Um, you know what? Two things. Um, missed tackles, one, I think we need, to, we need to credit their athleticism to a degree. But it was outside the goalpost of what I would say would be acceptable. Um, there are going to be some missed tackles, but the number of missed tackles... We've got to look at um, correct angles, posture, all that kind of stuff. And um, I knew we were going to miss some. They're good players. Um, but there was too many that were missed, too many opportunities that could have turned into long yardage situation. I know our players are frustrated. I'm frustrated with it as well. You guys are a 21-and-a-half-point dog coming into this one. Your team continues to battle. Does this feel like it's just a big missed opportunity? Because you guys played really well in the first half. Um, the first the half, yeah. I, I felt like we had matched up, Cody, with with what I think Ryan's point was. Um, you know, the the thing that we had a hard time doing, though, was uh, when they threw the ball up on some of those plays, the contested throws, I mean, we weren't, we weren't coming up with a play there. Uh, and so we're going to learn from that. Um, you know, Odds and all that stuff, we don't control that. I do think that this is an opportunity. We had an opportunity to beat a a nationally ranked team. Um, We didn't play well enough to do it. It's not like I'm coming in here. I mean, we didn't. Now, it's a missed opportunity that we've got to play better. Um, They had the the late hit on Peasley and a couple of chop blocks. Just what did you kind of see from your vantage point on those things? Well, um, you know, I saw the one hold that they called, but I, I did not see the chop block. I know it. they riled up the fans. I know that. So that's why we have officials. You know, I, I ask them what they saw um, and how they determined some things, but those calls, I, I do know this, is uh, our supervisor uh, grades those, those officials just like I grade our players, and guys get moved up and down, and so, um, you know, they called them how they saw them. I think it's obvious you guys made great strides over these these mm-hmm. first four games. Are you looking forward to maybe competing for the Mountain West now? It seems you know what? We are, our mantra is going to be 1-0. and yeah. <laughs> We have a young football team in there. And um, I, I looked at the beginning of the year knowing that we were going to come into a pretty challenging stretch here. You guys did as well. And uh, pleased. This was really going to be a tough one. I mean, I, I when I watched them on tape, I knew they were really good and really well coached. I thought our guys competed, Ryan, tonight, uh, even to the very end. You know, I told uh, Coach Sataki, he and I had a great conversation, um, and, and that was very purposeful that we're going to keep trucking. And uh, we got to get on the plane. Uh, these 8-15 games are tough to get home. Uh, players get a day off tomorrow, and we got to get back to work with them on Monday and get ready for San Jose. What were your impressions of BYU's quarterback and his ability to extend He's, he's uh, everything that I saw, and I've coached against a ton of them, 39 years. Um, he's poised. Uh, he can make all the throws. Uh, he's got a great delivery. He's mobile. Um, he's smart. Um, he's excellent. And um, he played really well tonight. That's my impression of him. I, mean, I don't know. Uh, 
don't know all the great ones out there, but he's the best one I've seen this year. And you, you, can mark, you can mark that one down. Okay? Coach, would you Tell like to Kalani see, that, too. Would you like to see Peasley use his legs more? Um, he, here's what I would say, Cody. Um, every time he runs, um, he's not 235 pounds. He's 208. Yeah, I would like to see him run more, Cody, okay? <laughs> but we're going to make sure we, 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 we have to be guarded on how much exposure he gets. Sure. He can really run, but um, um, I get guarded as far as that. And we ran him some uh, predetermined tonight, but it's not like, um, you know, it's a guy that can't throw and can't manage our offense and is 240. He's 208. Okay, anything else? No. Time to get home. All right, that is Wyoming head coach uh, Craig Bull. Again, our thanks to our intern, Jared Call, for getting those postgame comments from the Wyoming locker room. We'll take a break when we come back. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake will join us in the broadcast booth for our Cougar postgame coaches show. It is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto. So the Larry H. Miller Auto Cougar postgame coaches show is coming your way next on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Postgame coverage of BYU football continues with the Cougar Postgame Coaches Show. The Postgame Coaches Show is brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Auto, driven by you. Let's rejoin the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so welcome back to LaBelle Edwards Stadium. We're in front of 60,000-plus. BYU defeats Wyoming by a final score of 38-24. Uh, Riley, you've been able to hear... All the post-game comments to this point from BYU and Wyoming. You've uh, digested all of it. What do you think, having heard what uh, the coaches and players who went through this one had to say tonight? Yeah, uh, starting off with Kalani's comments, and he's going to be joining us here any second, so uh, we'll hear his trip from closer to his mouth. But, like, just, uh, I mean, he kept just saying, we got to find a way to do better, got to find a way to do better, got to find a way to do better. I mean, those penalties against a better opponent, you know, I'm thinking you don't want to skip any opponents, but uh, Utah State's reeling pretty bad. So you, you think about Vegas against Notre Dame, you can't have 10 penalties for over 100 yards, right? No matter, even if you don't give or the ball. Or even for up, only 99 yards, like tonight. Yeah, right. <laughs> Right. They got lucky that last one. Uh, they only moved the ball. It was uh, it was when... Uh, was the half the distance one? Yeah, the half the distance yeah. one. That would have been 15, put them over the edge. Anyway, you can't... No, no, like, no, no. you know what? I want to go back. I think it ended up being yeah, 11 for 109. So, yeah, you're right yeah, about so that. So, there you yeah, go. Being oh, yeah, fingers. the holding. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, the, 11 the, for 109. The field goal, yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, I think ahead to being in Vegas against Notre Dame or the week after that at home back against Arkansas, like... Those, you know, that alone could put, dig into a double-digit potential double-digit loss whole situation. So, want to do that. But now, going and listening to the players, obviously, you know, Miles Davis is super easy to root for. Listening to his comments, sounds like his teammates been waiting for him for a long time. Interested to listen to Keanu Hill. You know, Fessy's got him dialed in, and and Kalani saying that even after the night that he had, saying that he's not satisfied, and there were still, you know, plenty of plays he'd like to have back because he didn't. Um, give 100%, and the man joins us. 
and he can give us uh, that as Coach sits down with us. But uh, overall, I was just impressed by uh, how humbly the players uh, took the congratulations on this win and how quickly they're already turning their focus on a short week uh, to the next opponent and getting better on Monday. It is the Larry H. Miller Auto Cougar Postgame Coaches Show brought to you by Larry H. Miller Auto, conveniently located in Provo, Linden, and Orem. Larry H. Miller Auto, driven by you. BYU improves to 3-1 and one on the year with tonight's 38-24 decision over the Wyoming Cowboys. BYU's ninth straight win over Wyo and a tenth straight home win over the Cowboys dating back some 35 years now. BYU's now won 13 consecutive night games, uh, home night games, and 12 consecutive night games overall. Those are all positive trends. BYU head coach Kalani Sitake joining us here in the broadcast booth. Kalani, congratulations once again to you and the boys. Thank you. Thank you. felt good to get the win. <laughs> there was a lot that uh, you said you want to go back and look at and fix and clean up, and, and so it wasn't the tidiest win in the world, but, you know, this is a team that beat a really good Air Force squad last week and and uh, and, and held, held Air Force to fewer rushing yards than you got tonight against mm-hmm. Wyoming. That's a good rush defense that you, uh, you know, ran for almost a buck 90 on them. Yeah, they're tough. I mean, they're well coached and, and – um, you could see what they're, what, you know, what they hang their hat on, and that's the, you know, power run game. They want to run the game and, and run the ball and play action off of that. But on defense, very sound, um, tackle well, load the box up, and, and and try to, you know, get you to do other things. But uh, I thought it was tough sledding at the beginning. Felt like um, I'm glad we were able to get the score, especially the one at the end uh, of the first half. But uh, just want to see our, our our team play better, play cleaner from the beginning. Uh, and defensively, got a start, uh, bad start in, in, in stopping the run. You know, we uh, it's almost like we were accepting the blocks instead of uh, fighting them. And then you know, made some adjustments and, and challenged the guys in the halftime. And I thought defense came out and played a lot better in the second half. Um, just overall, the, the uh, I was pleased pleased with the, the effort from our guys and the the energy we had on the field. Even on the sidelines, the, the fans were awesome, as always, at home. They, they did a great job. I mean, it, it, it helps for them to be disruptive, and, and, and also it's motivating for our team. But, um, you know, we, 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 we could definitely fix some things and play a lot cleaner. Um, it, it was just kind of, I don't know, it wasn't smooth enough, right? And, and that's, but we can fix that. I, I think that, that starts with me as a coach, and, and we can get things a lot better for our team. Craig, Craig Bowen, his post-game comments a few minutes ago, said uh, he said there's a lot of good college quarterbacks out there, but Jaron Hall is the best one I've seen this year. And he said, make sure you tell Kalani I said that. <laughs> so yeah. Craig has a lot of respect for, for you and your team and certainly Jaron. And it was a longer post-game conversation than normal maybe at mm-hmm. midfield after. Maybe you could give us some sense as to what kind of person he is when he wants to talk to you after a game like that. Yeah, I, I just really like him. Uh, um, I think I got to know him really well. The, when we played them in the bowl game, and we spent a lot of time at, at, at uh, you know, the press conference, and, and there's so many different things and events, and I just really liked him. I, I liked the, I, I could, I could gel, and I felt like we were speaking the same language when it came to um, toughness and, and style of football. And uh, I just, I, I mean, I'm a fullback, so of course I'm gonna like the stuff that he talks about, right? Mm-hmm. But the, uh, I, I like him a lot. In my interactions with him, every time we've, I've seen him. At different events, uh, we've had we've had a really good friendship, and and I, I think Wyoming's very lucky to have him. He's a great coach, and and he's a national champion. He's won national championships, at North, at North Dakota State. Um, but uh, you can see his team, and they play, they play out of their minds for him, you know, and the expectation he has from them, and 
uh, I, they'll never quit. They'll play hard to the end, and um, I don't expect anything less from, from a, a coach ball, coach team. He likes Jaron Hall was the initial comment, and you love mm-hmm. Jaron Hall. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think Jaron gets enough praise. I don't need to keep praising him. He, he's he's a, he stay humble, and Riley and I will find ways to pick apart his, yeah, his game. So I, I think when he plays an error-free game, then I'll be happy. But I, I thought, I thought uh, Jaron, he does what we expect him to do and, and take care of the football, make good decisions. Um, and, and, and let's just he utilizes his athleticism and his speed to – to create more for our, our our team, but I thought I was just happy with with the overall effort. I thought I thought we improved in a lot of different ways. It's just it's just good to get the sour taste off from last week, you know, and, and get back to our, our style of football. Coach, when you popped on the film this uh, at the beginning of this last week, did you think it was going to be more like the first half, uh, kind of a ten fourteen slugfest, or did you envision it, you know, potentially getting to where it got, where there was over sixty points scored? Yeah, I, I thought we could do. I like the second half. I thought I thought we were moving the ball really well, and um, I thought the mistakes that were being made were on our own. You, you know, we were self-inflicted um, uh, issues, and um, just just needed to know the game a little bit better, and just the, the, the simple things like the, don't get a, a celebration penalty, puts us in a bad spot, and then we kick the ball out of bounds, puts them at the fifty-yard line, and then we slam the quarterback after the whistle was blown. It was loud. I don't think the players could hear it. I mean, the running back gave the ball to the quarterback, and I don't think they could hear it. But, you know, I told the rest to blow the whistles harder so, so we can hear it. But it was loud, and the fans did a great job making it loud. But we just need to play a lot uh, better better mindset and, and smarter. But that that's the coaching. we gotta, we got to make sure that we um, promote that more to our guys. You mentioned cleaning things up a little bit. Uh, is it play call? Because and to me, it looked like a little bit like a mix. Of course, the sooner you can get the play call in on offense in the play clock, the better. But it also looked like Jaron was either maybe changing protections or, or killing it. Um, but you had to use of your six timeouts, four of them had to be used uh, to save a delay a game penalty. Mm-hmm. Can you give us any insight being on the headset, or um, is it a, yeah, a different that's... thing each time? No, I didn't like that. I, I don't like using our timeouts and, and, and felt like we're pressed for time. When, when, the, when the crowd is starting to count down for you, <laughs> right? you know, they're, they're like, five, four. And there's like, <laughs> but it, it, there's a sense of panic a little bit. And that, that happens naturally when you're running out of time. And I just didn't want that to happen to our team. I felt like we're too good for that to be an issue. Uh, I, I don't know. Um, there's a combination of things. So yeah. there's some times where the call's not coming in right. There's sometimes when we're getting a, per, a different personnel set and the refs are holding the ball or standing over the ball a lot longer, even yeah. though the defense isn't making a sub. What is the rule? Can you clarify My, for our listeners? What well, is and that's the what rule I was trying that? to get from the refs. And nothing against it. The refs did, did, did their job, But each right? ref does that differently. Yeah. Some stand over the ball for a couple of seconds, and others, I feel like, yeah. want the whole stadium to make sure that they know that they're over the ball. Well, once once we get our sub in, they he has put out the, both hands to give – Give the sub call to our side, then to the other side as well. Right. If the defense makes no move to get substitutions in, back away. then they back away and let us play. You know, and so um, it was. It was just this is different when you're dealing with different crews. This is just different than what we're used to. And I mean, I, I look at the, the discrepancies in the calls. I, I think I don't think we are that um, different and that. Often than, that much than, sloppier, right? Yeah. Eleven to two on the penalties. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, there's some of them that were really dumb, but there's there's also some that I, I felt like um, they might have missed on on our on our side when our defense was on. But 
We just keep playing ball, man. It, 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 I don't want our guys to ever worry about what the rest are doing. I, me and me and Ed Lamb can do that. You said there's a hot hand philosophy going on offense tonight, and uh, Miles Davis had that hand. Uh, 13 carries for a buck, 31, a long of 70, uh, and and 10 point yards a carry after that big gainer. So you're going to just kind of use everyone in that room. It looks like. Yeah, well, we got to do whatever we can to get points on the board and get and get yards in, in the run game. So. Um, you know, we, we appreciate all the guys, but there's a lot of talent. We talk about our depth. I like Chris Brooks. I like Lopini Katoa. I like uh, what I've seen from Miles Davis. I think um, Hinkley Ropati can help us there. Mason Fakahua. There's a lot of guys that can do that. Jackson. I mean, Jackson there. McChesney, the, the, the thing is he's dealing with an injury, so we'll have to figure that out. But hmm. there's a lot of guys that can play, you know, and, and um, I, I, the, the, the mistakes in not understanding the cut block situation, you know, and that stuff is just – we can't be making these mistakes, and, and that that was. I'm just thinking of all the the stuff that all it takes is a little bit more discipline, a little bit more knowledge, and um, that like I said, that's my fault as a coach. I got I got to teach these guys better. Another step up game. A couple weeks ago it was uh, Chase Roberts, and 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 tonight it was Keanu Hill, five for one sixty and two scores, and he makes a great catch and takes someone along for the ride into the end zone for his final touchdown tonight. That was impressive. Yeah, I just like that he walked away and didn't didn't do a stupid dance move and all that. But um, but I, I appreciate him and it, we told him, hey, listen, you're you're gonna have to make up for that one because it cost us and he did it, you know. And um, I thought Jaron threw a nice ball too. I mean, just this, you know, if if someone's gonna, if they're gonna load the box like that, then we had to take our shots. And then I thought uh, Jaron, I think he was what 26, 26 for thirty two. That's really good. Yeah. And that's with one spike, you know, or I guess they could they counted as a team. Team, yeah. Um, but they're, they're, I thought he would, made really good decisions, even throwing the check downs and not trying to force something. I know that fourth down, I thought he forced it. I think we're just so used to cost for catching that when it's one on one coverage. Um, so I, I don't think that was a bad. Um, uh, I don't think I think that was a good risk to take. Um, but a lot of credit to Wyoming. They they played really good, sound defense, man, and we got a lot of yards. We just got to find ways to get more points. We've got to get more points on the board. Uh, Jaron's pass efficiency of 211 is his best ever against uh, an FBS opponent, uh, and that comes tonight. Before the break, real quickly, uh, Pukunakua was targeted five times, three catches. He had a fly sweep for 14. Then he leaves the game uh, with an injury uh, after you get him into the game, finally, after a few weeks where he mm-hmm. couldn't play. Uh, what uh, can you or, uh, say about Puka right now? Well, it's, it's, it's not season-ending, so um, you know we're, we'll take a look at it uh, some more to, uh, tomorrow and tonight, uh, but there's still hope there. And then um, hopefully Gunner gets back. And yeah, since he got close tonight, would that mean next week is like he was the closest he'd been? He was actually out yeah, for warmups and. I'd, I don't want to assume anything. Yeah, but, okay. but in the meantime, it's good to have Keanu and Chase and, and Cody and those guys playing at a high level. Uh, I thought Isaac did some really good things today too, and Mason. Cosper had his well. first touchdown. Yeah, Cosper played really well too, yeah. and, and then he got his feet in the in, in balance and. Yeah. Uh, but I, th- I thought Jaron was on top of one. Jaron was on, seems like he was on point, had a good demeanor about him. And so whatever we can do to just keep things smooth and keep it get, getting a great rhythm. There's been times that we get in a really good rhythm, hard to stop our offense when you get that way. And defensively, I was really proud of how they responded in the second half. Even though we did, did I thought we could have done better getting some stops. But, again, uh, you know, we were in a good spot. We just got to find ways to make 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 more plays. All right, uh, closing comments with Kalani coming up. BYU defeats Wyoming. Final score 38-24 on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Wyoming plays that style of football because 
uh, we had to get something out of these guys and, 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 and you know, just yeah. at some point you had to just take a stand and say, okay, this is enough. So I, I felt like the calls in the first half were fine. Um, we just weren't making enough plays and we were missing tackles again. And so they had to just work out the kinks a little bit. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't good enough at, at, at earlier to start this, the, the game and thought they did well and I just I just don't like that they scored two two touchdowns in the second half you know and thought we could have got out got out of both of them if we just played smarter. Time for the uh, valuable stat of the game brought to you by Economics Partners. BYU's accounting program is nationally ranked, so it's no surprise one of the nation's top business valuation firms is run by diehard BYU fans. Need a valuation for your business? Go to econpartners.com. And we're going to focus on the giveaway number again in that you were giveaway free for a third time in four games this year. And since you've been the head coach, never lost a home game with zero giveaways, 11-0, and and overall 24-2, and and you just don't give the ball away. Yeah, and then that's I think the emphasis has to be playing smart. I, I think it's okay to be aggressive, um, but, but not at the cost of, of just being okay with turnovers. You know, I, I think if from what I'm seeing from our guys and, and the way Jaron's placing the ball, it's really we're taking calculated risks. I'm okay with that, but I, I'm also okay with if he wants to – I trust Jaron. If he wants to try to do something different and – force a ball somewhere then that's okay but let's let's make sure we get it right in practice and then when the game comes it'll be it'll be automatic uh no takeaways either but uh, which is i know something that's a stated goal for this defense but i want to it wasn't for lack of trying and maybe uh, you can touch a little to me micah harper jumped off jumped out in the game mm-hmm. uh it looked like uh, dude was playing downhill aggressive he was using his body you know tackling getting dudes on the ground was he putting a little with malik moore out was did you do some mm-hmm. uh, switching on the back end of the defense to put him in a position to be to play like that yeah and, and michael's unique because he Mike, micah can play both strong and free um, but he's got really great instincts. Um, you know, if, if he were bigger, he'd be a great linebacker. But um, I think for the instincts in the pass game and then also in the run game, he he find and he's not afraid of, of hitting. So he, he's got tons of courage and, and he's a great aggressive person and his, that's his nature. Um, but I, I like the way he played. I, th- I thought a lot of the safeties stepped up and, and filled in really well. I mean. Uh, Micah was one of them. You know, I think uh, Ethan Slade. Ethan Slade played really well. And, Talon Alfrey was in, I think, for some yeah, snaps as well. Talon Alfrey played, and I thought we had a really cool, um, good rotation in there. And you know, hoping, hoping we can get Malik back, but but we we'll have to keep waiting to see. But I mean, that's we we talk about our depth. I, I, we saw a little bit of it, uh, you know, tonight. And, um, but I, I'd like to get guys healthy. That's 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 the key, so we can play with a, you know. I like to play with with all our guys. You didn't have Caleb <coughs> Hayes tonight, right? Either. Yeah, Caleb wasn't able to go, and and then because um, you know he was injured last week, yeah. so hopefully he can go this week. Um, Max Tooley wasn't able to go either. Game time decision, but I think he'll be fine for for Thursday. I think that was more. We could have pushed him to go. He got hurt in the first play of the, of the game in Oregon, so um, and then he, he he's a tough kid. But uh, you know we'll, we'll have him back for th- for Thursday's game against Utah State. Jaron mentioned you, you got to get out and practice it a lot and get some work in. In his post-game comments, obviously with the game on Thursday, do you try and throw the shoulder pads on on Tuesday and get some get some thud work in, or is this one that's all about recovery in order to peak perform on Thursday? I think, I think it's a little bit of both, and I think we we listen to our 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 trainers and medical staff with our weight room staff and then our sports scientists. I think that they, they this is their expertise, so. I'm going to go off of what they say. We've been, we've done a great job. They've done a great job getting us ready. Um, so they'll, they'll collaborate and work on it and get us a nice schedule by the time we get to Monday. 
um, you know, we'll, we'll be ready to roll. But, I mean, this is a short weekend, and, and same thing with Utah State. They have to do the same thing. But we get them here at home. So, uh, man, I love playing here. <laughs> the fans are awesome as always and, and uh, really brought it. So hopefully we get that energy going again when we, when we turn to, to the stadium on Thursday. You were coming off a loss, yet there was the rock to the rafters. 60,000-plus mm-hmm. in the stands. Great vibe again yeah. uh, to, to win for a third time in fourth games. I thought, I thought it was tremendous that, uh, that, that, that you had the support you did tonight. And, again, the Rock looked like, looked like it may as well have been the Baylor game. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. That, that's, that's the energy that, that comes through the stadium from our fans. I hope they know how, how much we all appreciate it, our, our players and coaches and Man, myself, I, I'm, I'm with them. I just love how energi- energized they get, and, and it just gets crazy, you know. So Thursday, I mean, it's a weekday, but um, what else are you going to do? You know, I it's think, a little uh, earlier. It's six o'clock. Yeah, just have just have a mutual and all your activities from church here. <laughs> this will be a good time to do it. And yeah, the game will be earlier, so it won't be we won't be having these this uh, post game talk at one in the morning, you know. <laughs> um, but I, I think it's going to be a lot of fun, and, and the, the I can't wait to feel the electricity in the air from the stands. All right, uh, first short week game of the year, and it's Utah State. It's in-state football again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, by the way, another note, um, Wyoming is a game that Tom Tom was on with us pregame, Tom Holmo, and he said that uh, BYU is keeping the 24 game in Laramie on the schedule. You think it's a good game for BYU to play here in a couple of years? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't even think that far ahead. I'm, I'm worried about the short week, but... Um, but, yeah. it bad, but it was bad. But it was BYU it was and cool. Wyoming again, it was, it and you get to go to Laramie fun. again. Yeah, I just I, I like the uh, I like their style of football. So I think it, it came at the right time for us, especially after that Oregon outing. And so um, really excited to get back on the field and, and get this win. Definitely some places we need to fix and and and, and get better and you know execute a lot better. But th- those are very fixable. I'm really encouraged because they're fixable and they they can get done with very little effort. Kalani, thank you again for the time. Uh, I know you'll shout out Cougar Nation as you say goodbye to us here, but uh, appreciate you coming up and spending this time, and we wish you the best of luck in prepping for a short week here. No, I appreciate that, Greg, and and you and Riley do a great job. And I I mean, Mitch is all right, I guess, out there, you know, (laughs) but I'm always tempted. I just want to suit him up. It's like, dude, you're a big-time player. Come on, let's just – Got to get with COVID year. You think you can get another one? You know, people but, have to remember your first season as head coach. Mitch was still on your team at that. Oh point. yeah, love him, <laughs> love him, and and you know if he ever wants to take a pay cut, he can come coach and stuff like that because he's brilliant. And you guys could do it too. Riley could do it, but you know you guys like like to talk more. You can talk to the players and get them going. But I hope the fans know we love them, man. We we love you guys, Cougar Nation. You guys do it right, whether we're on the road or at home. You guys give us that, that extra edge, and so. Uh, I can't wait to show you guys off on national TV the next Thursday. Thanks, Kalani. Thanks, guys. All right, BYU Cougar Nation Now is coming up next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the BYU Creamery Cougar Nation Now. BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Be a part of the show by emailing your questions to CougarNationNow at BYU.edu or tweet your questions to at Greg Grubel using hashtag BYUCNN. Let's head live to the Built Bar broadcast booth and join Riley Nelson, Mitchell Jurgens, and the voice of the Cougars, Greg Grubel. All right, uh, we're lucky to get uh, Mitchell Jurgens back in the broadcast booth. I thought he'd already be over in the coaching box after what uh, Kalani said a moment ago. <laughs> Greg Grubel with uh, Riley Nelson. He, he did say pay cut, which is um, a very real yeah. thing. So, uh, yeah. Greg Grubel, Riley Nelson, and 
former BYU wide receiver Mitchell Jurgens. And yeah, I, I did want to remind everybody that back in 2016, Kalani's first year, yeah. you're still suiting up. Oh, you, yeah. you got to see Kalani from the get go. Oh, it was fun. And I mean, I think uh, so. My first two games, the the first game was the Arizona game. And we won on the walk-off field goal. And, and you were the and holder for that, I was, were you? I was the holder for that. Jake Oldred was still on the team. Yes. That's a weird, that's a weird thing <laughs> to think about. Um, but just seeing his energy, I mean, he was celebrating. so. Ha- and then you go to the next week, we're at Utah, and I remember Kalani got a penalty. He was arguing a targeting call, and he got a personal foul thrown on him. And it, it was almost like the BYU fans absolutely loved it. They love just how much fire and energy he brought. And that was, I mean, it was amazing to, to have a year with Kalani as a player. I mean, he truly, he's a player's coach and just loves, uh, I mean, you can't help but feel loved and supported with, with that guy at the helm. So BYU wins it by a final score of 38-24 to 24 tonight. And again, I, I kept throwing all these trends at Riley and our audience during the game of all these things that uh, work favorably for BYU when they do this and what their home record is and whatnot. Uh, but, uh, yeah, a lot, BYU is just kind of proven to be one of those teams that if, if they do um, the simple things well or the fundamental things consistently, you can expect to win whether it's not turning the ball over, holding a halftime lead, uh, scoring first, scoring in every quarter. Some of the things that just say that's a good football team, they almost never lose in those situations. And you could argue that's kind of consistent across the board, but I think for BYU it almost means more because the opponent's percentages aren't the same when the same things happen. But BYU really tends to capitalize on some of those very simple things. Um, and uh, a lot of them held again uh, tonight for BYU which wins it and goes to 3-1. and one. A question coming in from Christopher at uh, Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. This is an email submission, Cougar Nation Now at BYU.edu. Cougar Nation Now is one long word with two ends near the back. Uh, Christopher says, I love seeing lots of guys get reps, but do the frequent high-volume hockey-style substitutions on defense contribute to the confusion on D and the general struggle BYU might have to get consistency? Um, and it's not always the same problem but uh riley maybe even mitch too what do you think about that question from christopher relative to how byu subs yeah i think uh christopher's on to something i i do just want to say you know he says confusion on d it was three times as much confusion on offense as there was on defense i actually feel like the defense was pretty good at getting their personnel changes and getting the line that i don't feel like they got caught out of position or out of alignment uh, very many times tonight nor do i feel like they've had that that much Excuse me. Nor do I feel like they've had it that much during the season. Um, uh, but I, here's one thing I will say: ever since Tuiaki's been made the defensive coordinator, they've been doing it. It's something that these players have grown up in this program doing, and they're mm-hmm. accustomed to it. And so, uh, at this point, any kind of um, you know static or any kind of uh, inhibition that it's causing to the production of the defense, I think, is minimal. Yeah, and and one thing that I I was thinking about too because. Uh, it's true. Under Elisa Tuiaki, they've been doing this for for a very long time. Um, but I wonder if the the amount of injuries, because if you look at it, a lot of times these hockey line changes that you see what um, on the defensive side, you see what kind of offensive package they bring out, and it'll determine what package goes out on defense um, with so many different packages and. People and I'm sure players playing in maybe different spots and different packages with injuries. I think that's where a lot of the con- confusion and complications can come because you may be, 
you know, uh, the, the second stringer in a specific package, but a third stringer in another package, um, just depending on lineups and, and things like that. And so when there's, when there's injuries, I think it can cause some, um, some headache, just knowing, am I, am I the first guy up on this? Am I the second guy up? And uh, that, I wonder if that's playing into, um, the issues on just not, not being right on the offense and defensive side of the ball. Greg, last point on that. Here are like productive, meaningful plays from guys in that rotation, right? So you have Bruce Mitchell, who had that pass breakup. Then you've got John Nelson, who had a tackle for loss. Alden Tofa, tackle for loss. Hunter Greer, tackle for I mean, these aren't the household names. These, yeah. aren't, these aren't Tyler Baddies. These are dudes that are part of that, you know, the 14 guys on your call sheet. And it's not like they're just taking up space. They're making plays and impacting the game. So uh, I am... Uh, I'm not that worried about the hockey line changes. Okay, uh, hashtag BYUCNN on Twitter, hashtag BYUCNN to reach us, or you can email us, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. A tweet coming in from Craig, hashtag BYUCNN. Miles Davis, he says, stepped up and showed great speed, vision, and strength. He raised the bar for effort, hitting the holes quick and powering through contact all night long. He did win our Palmer's Metal Mart Steel Man of the Game Award tonight, and yeah, he ran hard. And uh, and showed nice burst. Clearly, when you run for seventy yards down the boundary, you've got a little bit of that. Uh, but yeah, really nice night. And I think it just it deepens the running back room. They had been using him on handoffs, but they were primarily of the fly sweep variety, right? Package plays. Whereas tonight they went to him as a tra- traditional tailback, and he responded. Yeah, I was um, so on the sideline. Um, just watching Miles Davis. I mean, it was it, it was fun to see him get loose, get comfortable, and and you've seen over the years. I mean, um, he he's he definitely this was his game where it's like, man, I can do this, I can do this play after play. Um, but I was sitting on the sideline, and he, Miles had just made made a pretty um, I can't remember what run it was, but just a hard run. I don't think it was it wasn't his long one, but just running hard, running over people, not stopping his legs. And uh, I'm I'm standing right next to Tom Homo, and Tom looks at me and just says. NFL talent right there. Hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, he could be, he definitely could be a guy. I mean, he's got, um, he's got, you're definitely, you definitely saw in this game that they want to get him involved. Um, and who knows what his future could look like, but definitely an athletic player who people see a lot of potential in. Can I just temper expectations? Cause we as oh, BYU yeah. fans, okay. 13 carries, 135 yards, long of 52 and a touchdown. That was Chris Brooks in game one. Yeah, so, I mean, one a single game doth not make a career. So let's hope, uh, and I think everybody, we're, because of the run game production in the last two games, we're, everybody is desperate for a change. But, like, against USF, Chris Brooks had a, almost the, an identical stat line. And, and here's the other thing, like, you don't pop that one late in the second, uh, late in the second half, you know, 70 yards, changes that stat line significantly now he earned it it's 12 for 60 it's five yards a carry not 10 but still a nice night right right so anyway just uh just he's a young player just be patient with him and kalani said they're still trying to find out who it is yeah on that note when you say young player covid plays a part but he's still a freshman technically right he's a redshirt freshman I mean, he's got some time. I mean, and and so yeah. I, so, I, I, so things that I saw that that let me know that like maybe he's not the full bona fide answer right now. He had the fumble on the handoff, which by the way I saw the replay on that. That wasn't Jerry. He stuck it right in his bread basket. He just didn't do that. Second, he got lost a couple times in pass protection, including on the sack when they got down in the red zone and Jaron got sacked uh, back. So I mean, he's got like I was. 
He looked great. He's an explosive athlete. I love him. I'm, I know him off the field. Like, I, I love him as a kid, but, like, let's slow our roll before, you know, he's the next com- the second coming of Jamal. Email coming in from Daniel. He says, I'm driving back to Cache Valley from the game. Going to be back for Thursday's game against the Aggies. He says these Thursday games are tough to get to by kickoff from Logan. Seems like it's been years since a Thursday home game, which was the last one. He said, was it the TCU game? And that would have been years and years ago. And here's the answer. Uh, Thanks to Ralph Sokolowski for providing us with this before he left. It was actually the season opener in 2019, the Utah game. And under Kalani, BYU's only played two Thursday games. Lots of Fridays, right? But only two Thursday games at Boise in 2016 and home to Utah in 2019. And BYU lost both of those games. So BYU is looking for its first Thursday win in the Sitake era this Thursday night with Utah State. Aggies coming in 1-3, and three, and BYU is 3-1. and one. Before the break, this question from Stephen on Twitter that I'll throw to both you, and then we'll take a break. Hashtag BYUCNN for your questions. And Stephen asks... Which former Mountain West Conference opponent would you like to see BYU play a series against, realizing that this is the front end of a home-and-home with Wyoming? Tom told us in pregame that this game will be on the schedule in 2020 in La- uh, 2024, beg your pardon, in Laramie. So besides Wyoming, I guess we'd say, which other Mountain West team would you like to see BYU play a series with? I'll say mine really quick just because yeah. bad taste in my mouth. San Diego State losing to them in the bowl game uh, in 2019. Or was it 2019? Or no, it wasn't the bowl game. It was the final game of the regular season, or the final road game. I just remember going down there and feeling like this was the last time it was an old conference opponent, and and uh, that loss really just uh, left a bad taste in my mouth. So I'd like to see a series with San Diego State. Also, they're perennially a pretty good program, now, so BYU, I think it would now, be pretty productive. Not, not to, but BYU's already had a, a season schedule with them. I, I get maybe he's maybe he's wondering. Oh, saying like who else? Yeah, I, I, at least I would I would infer yeah. that he's saying somebody that BYU hasn't. So yet like, don't played. say the Aggies, or right. don't say Boise. Yeah, and he he he, he, he suggested he said Air Force would be his choice, mm. and you know I guess I, I would say the same thing Air Force or or CSU obviously those are the two that it feels like B, New Mexico. Um, I you know take I I, I think could, Air Force. We could fly to Hawaii. There you go. There we go. That'd, <laughs> that'd be my choice. <laughs> <laughs> no, football-wise, and I know they weren't a former whack opponent. At least I don't think they were. were but I like Fresno is pretty consistent, good brand of football. Um, and, again, BYU's had a Fresno yeah, series as well, true. or at least game. Um, I mean, but, I don't uh, want to yeah. play San Jose. I don't really care to play New Mexico again. Yeah, I think it comes down to Air Force, or, uh, Air Force or, or, or CSU for me. But Air Force, because I've always loved trips to the academy. I used to really love going to the academy yeah. every other year. And, yeah, it's a headache to prepare for, and it can make you look bad uh, on the wrong day. But I, I really liked games against Air Force. I think that would be my pick, too. So, Stephen, thanks. Uh, Mitch, what do you think? I mean, I'm, I'm sticking with You're Hawaii. You're going to Hawaii. <laughs> I'm sticking Hawaii. with Hawaii. <laughs> Technically, <laughs> this is what we do. We have a Thursday game in Hawaii. That way you stay the weekend and you get there a couple go. more days He keeps in a base tan. Look, so, but, uh, I don't, I don't want to burn, <laughs> so I'm good staying here in the mountains. Hashtag BYUCNN to join us and see where your discussion suggestions take us. It's Greg and Riley and Mitch. We're in the broadcast booth at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. BYU 38, Wyoming 24 is our final score. BYU's now defeated Wyoming in nine straight meetings and ten straight games here at home. Wyoming's last win in Provo came 35 years ago. Or your questions and comments, hashtag BYUCNN, or you can email us, CougarNationNow at BYU.edu. More with y'all after this.
You're listening to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. All right, so Greg Rubel with Riley Nelson and Mitchell Jurgens in our Built Bar broadcast booth here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. 60,000 plus on hand to watch BYU defeat Wyoming. Final score, 38-24. When the Cougs get into the 30s, uh, good things happen in the Kalani Sitake era. When BYU scores 30 or more. Their record now is 34-2, and but 19-0 and at home. That's a guarantee. That's a lock solid guarantee. Score 30 at home, you're winning the football game. It's happened every time under Kalani. Hashtag BYUCNN is our uh, Twitter handle for tonight. Hashtag BYUCNN to get in uh, on Twitter. Question coming in about Chase Roberts. Is Chase Roberts hurt? And the answer there, Mitchell, is... Yes. Yes. Yeah, he was hurt. He uh, so consistently on the sideline. He, he obviously got in a couple plays, uh, but he was he was on the bike um, frequently. I think he's just trying to loosen up. He, he had some some of those stretching bands. Was trying to stretch out um, his his legs. So obviously wasn't wasn't a hundred percent. And then they decided to call it at halftime and and not risk it. But uh, yes, he is currently hurt. Did Kingsley, uh, did anybody go back to the uh, locker room today, or did they all stay on the sideline? They entered the tent. Mostly I'm um, thinking about King, Kingsley Suamatea. I didn't see. Okay. I didn't see him. He was another one. big one. He didn't come back in the game, but I also didn't see him go to the locker room. Okay. But um, anyway. the, the Malik Moore injury, I know that was uh, undisclosed at the time. When he came back out, he did have a wrap on his hand. So it may be potentially finger hand injury. Mm. Brock on the email says Utah State is obviously in experimentation mode as their current schematics haven't led to a lot of success on either side of the ball. How does BYU prepare for a team who's most likely going to try a lot of different new things that won't be able to be seen on film? I think the answer was in one of Jaron Hall's press conference answers. He said Wyoming came out and did some things defensively that they had not prepared for. And so he said, what did he say they do? He said, we went back to our base stuff, the stuff that we can run in our sleep, and uh, had a lot of success with it. And so that's the answer. Scott on the email says, good evening, gents. It was nice to see Miles Davis make a difference in the run game. The McChesney injury, he says, is news to me and officially news to us from Kalani. Uh, Do we know how bad it is or when he might be in the mix at running back again? Uh, I don't know how bad it is. We know it's not season-ending because Kalani said no one is season-ending yet. I know it's your job in the media, Greg, and I guess maybe our job collectively to be able to give injury update dates and stuff, but I, I'm chuckling because Kalani seems to have like thrown up his hands. He's like, I don't know. He said in his post-game press conference, I wish I could give you all the doctor's numbers and you could ask them. And and to him, he just keeps saying, like, I want to play with our full complement of players, but we're not, and so we, whoever is available, we have to get them ready to play. I, I do feel bad for him because he's getting bombarded from every side on injury reports, and Man, it's a full-time job to keep up with them all, and they all seem to be very hard to pin down, too. There have been a lot early. I mean, we're a third of the way through the season now, so it's not super. But, you know, it's it's four games in, and already only four games in. I was running down during the game tonight just the number of defensive players who were not in the game were available for BYU. You know, Earl Tuyoti Mariner, Gabe Summers, Max Tooley, Caleb Hayes, um, in game, who else left in game tonight? Malik Moore. Malik Moore, yeah. That's like half your defensive starting group is not available. You know, and then you're already minus Peyton Gunner. Peyton Wilgar left. Peyton Wilgar left game. for a time. He you're already back. minus Gunner. Puka got, get, gets hurt again. Uh, Chase Roberts is banged up, not playing. You know, Dallin Holker has left the program for different reasons. Yeah, this is not the personnel group 
by, by the end of this game tonight that you thought you were going to have early in the season. It is still relatively early in the season. All right. Um, back to the Twitter. Hashtag BYUCNN. Hashtag BYUCNN. Really CNN. quick, Greg, yeah, yeah, before, you as you're looking up the next question. Yeah. Do you, I don't even remember you ever getting nicked up. No. So I, I had a couple. So I never missed a game. Um, I, in three seasons, I played in 39 games. Um, so 13 with the bowl, with the bowl game. Um, I did secret? leave. It's, oh, I don't know. Uh, I drink. So actually, this is a fun fact. Um, I'm, I have four siblings, so it's, I'm one of five. Growing up, my mom, um, she bought nine gallons of milk a week. And we drank so much milk. And so I've, ne- I've never broken a bone. Whole um, 2% water skim. Uh, I want to – I can't remember. I prob- you can't raise football players on skim. So no, it, was it wasn't. It definitely wasn't skim. I, didn't drink, I, I, don't, I don't drink skim and still won't ever. But nine gallons of milk a week. I've never broken a bone. Um, so maybe that's the secret. You just start, start the kids, you know, babies that start drinking milk, just don't stop them. Keep, keep drinking milk and, and strengthen those bones. Um, but I had I did have one game against UConn. I came out with a, a shoulder. I ended up coming back into the game, but that whole 2015 season since UConn, it was the next like eight games. Practice, I could never lift my shoulder, but I, I always wanted to play. I never wanted to come out. Mm. So. So there'll be uh, there'll, there'll be the the Gatorade bucket and then the milk bucket. There you uh, go. No, no, no. Because we all know we all know what Rodden Burgundy said on Anchorman. Milk was a bad idea, <laughs> and that would be the situation for everybody in the team area if that were to happen. But there it is. Uh, it, yeah. It's a ringing endorsement for the uh, the the value and the miracle of milk. Yeah, a milk yeah, pickle I, juice I, cocktail. How, how about this? BYU Creamery sells some great milk. So let's get yeah. people over to BYU Creamery. And it's, it's almost time for the BYU Creamery Inside yeah. Scoop uh, Trivia Contest for two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream. You, you know, probably the winner could probably say, I'll just take milk instead, and we would and we, and arrange that for them. Uh, before we get to the trivia, uh, a, a Twitter comment from at SurfBlind says, Kingsley, Suamataia, I forgot to mention Kingsley going out, right? Uh, he was dressed and walked around high-fiving the fans with the team after the game, limping, but he made it around. And so hopefully not a huge deal for Kingsley there either. But, uh, yeah, another guy that had to go out tonight. You hope, so. you hope not. I saw that in slow-mo, him getting rolled up on. It looked like, you know, hopefully, I'm going to knock on wood, like your run-of-the-mill ankle sprain as he got rolled up on. He was taped uh, when that happened. and uh, But those ankle sprains, some dudes can wake up the next morning and like it never happened, and others it actually gets progressively worse for the next you know three to five days. So hopefully he's the former, not the latter. A couple of Twitter comments and then our trivia. Uh, Jake, this is great. Uh, it, it's funny because Riley a few minutes ago. Is this about the celebration? No, no, no. The, we'll get to that. It's the second one. Okay. Uh, but uh, you, you were asking me off the air, hey, do you want to use the uh, multiple players with 100 yards receiving and rushing for our trivia question? I said, no, nah, because I kind of tweeted about it. And, and, and so Jake uh, Welch on the Twitter says, I'm going to take a guess at the trivia question before you announce it because I have to wake up early for 8.30 a.m. church. The answer is Tyler Algier and Samson Nakua, <laughs> he says. And no, that's not going to be the question. So, But he was ready if that was the question. He was ready for the correct answer, which he got. But, but no, that's not going to be it. Uh, before the trivia, Roger says, please explain the penalty at the kick on the kickoff following the excessive celebration. It seemed that with 15 yards of kickoff and another 15 yards for the kick out of bounds, that was 30 yards of penalty on one play. And it basically was a 30-yard dance is what it was in the end zone because the back up to the 20 and then the kickoff out of bounds, you go 30 yards from where the kickoff was, and they were at the 50-yard line. You rarely see a team start at the 50 without a long kickoff return, but it was a 30-yard penalty, essentially. Well, then, oh, go ahead. Well, on that same drive, there was another 15-yard personal foul. So 
um, Wyoming had BYU gifted Wyoming 45, 45 yards. yards on that drive, yeah. and it was a quick score. I mean, when you give them 45 yards, pretty easy. Let's uh, take a break. Before we do, we will give you the question for our skill testing uh, trivia contest. It's BYU Creamery Cougar Nation now, brought to you by the BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. We call it Inside Scoop Trivia, and here you go. And again, the ground rules are such that you have to include hashtag BYUCNN with your answer. And the first correct answer I see on my timeline, on my Twitter, on my laptop, here in my broadcast booth, first correct answer I see will be the winner. Here's your question with a little preface. Well, no, no preface. Here's your question. Which was the last team to defeat BYU in a night game? That's your question. First correct answer, hashtag BYUCNN wins two half gallons of famous BYU Creamery ice cream, which was the last team to defeat BYU in a night game. That's your question. First correct answer wins ice cream next. We're back after this on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Nation now on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. All right, uh, Mitchell Jurgens. after extolling the virtues of milk in our last segment, prompted Cougar Chaps on the Twitter to say that Mitchell Jurgens also ate his Wheaties with all that milk. Made you big and strong. That is, that is a true statement. McKay on the Twitter notes that Austin Riggs, the long snapper, was injured after the first half. And he had a cast on his hand in the second half and that Britton Hogan stepped in and snapped well on special teams. I did not notice that tonight. I hate to say I did not notice that. It's funny now that he says that. I didn't I uh, I saw something abnormal in that between timeouts over here in the north end zone, they uh there was a long snapper snapping to a student trainer like it wasn't a fellow teammate or whatever. And I was like, "Oh, whatever, maybe he's cold or I but I didn't realize that it was a different player." There you go. So, uh, Britt Hogan, congrats coming in and uh, spelling Austin Riggs. We'll find out from uh, BYU this next week what's up there. All right, before we left, uh, we asked the question, which team was the last to defeat BYU in a night game? And among the responses that came in were one from at Riley Nelson underscore who suggested Utah. You tweeted the show. I wanted to see how what the lag was. I at least first was I the first guess. You were actually the first guess coming in tonight. I didn't. So everyone out there, this is partly a. It was an experiment on my point to see like over the radio waves and your reaction, like if I could beat everybody. You beat everybody. But also, it's it wasn't rigged because I waited until you said the question, and I hit send. And I mean, I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I didn't mean, know beforehand, and obviously yeah, and, I was wrong. And, and we know it wasn't rigged because you were wrong. I was wrong. Yeah. Right. So he said Utah, and that's not correct. Now the last home night loss was to Utah yeah. in 2019. But the last loss in a night game as Jared Brady at the J. Brady Bunch submits correctly, it's Coastal Carolina in the COVID year of 2020. BYU went out to uh, Myrtle Beach, that vicinity, and uh, lost a night game at Coastal Carolina. That's the last time BYU's lost a night game. Since then, it has been 12 consecutive nighttime wins and 13 consecutive home nighttime wins and a lot of people suggested utah and there were a few coastal carolinas out there but uh coastal is the answer have they released kick for notre dame yet uh yeah it's uh, like it's it like, has yeah it's, uh, it's 5 30 local 5 30 western 5 30 mountain yeah. that's like a 
dusk. Although we will fall back before then, so that's almost yeah, nighttime. Yeah, see, I, but I, I don't count it. I, I think I go by local time, 5 p.m. or later. Is the night is game. Is the night game. That's how I interpret yeah, it. It's 4.30. Okay. Yeah, so it won't count technically necessarily as a, as a night game. There's a, and that leaves – it's like right in that middle ground, though. I'm sorry know? to all the listeners out there. like, you can't put, look past Utah State. I've watched Utah State. I'm not that worried. <laughs> and I'm also excited for that matchup. I'm excited for this team to get a crack at Notre Dame. And uh, that's our next game, by the way, is Utah State. Then it's a longer rest before the Notre Dame game in Vegas on October 8th. So uh, congratulations to Jared, uh, the correct answer to our skill testing trivia. That's two half gallons of famous creamery ice cream. Hey, before we wrap it up, let's get back to – uh, Riley's uh, Ford keys to the game from pregame. See what your keys to the game turned out looking like. Uh, Riley's three keys to the game were, number one, start fast. Did BYU start fast tonight? No. Back-to-back three and outs to open the game. Yep. Okay, it didn't work out. Uh, number two, control Andrew Peasley. He didn't, he didn't try and get out, so they did that, but yeah. he didn't, he didn't uh, put up much of a fight. And then your third one was uh, get Joe, Jake Oldroyd back on the horse, and that one was kind of an N.A. Uh, because he kicked off and he made his PATs, but the only field goal try they gave to Justin Smith tonight. You just hope the kickoff out of bounds wasn't, doesn't yeah. become a mental issue, right? Yeah. So he, wasn't, he didn't have a perfect game, but uh, okay. yeah. There you go. So a little bit of everything in the uh, keys to the game tonight. Uh, let us wrap it up from Provo by thanking the crew back at BYU Radio. Our control board operators, Adam Woodall and Corbin Radford. Our coordinating producer, Terry South. Our broadcast intern, Colton Potter. Our broadcast engineer, Barry Squires, who was there and here and everywhere. Appreciation to Clark Jackman and Sean O'Neill on the management operations side. To Casey Stoffer, BYU Associate AD on the corporate sponsorship side to here at Lavelle Edwards Stadium appreciation going to our spotter McKay Perry our statistician Ralph Sokolowski our Cougar Canyon and Booth scoreboard host Jason Shepard our broadcast intern Jared Call our chief engineer Michael Wimmer and to the BYU football media relations staff Brett Pine and Kenny Cox and Duff Tittle and the overseer, John McBride. Thanks to Tom Holmo as well for joining us in the pregame tonight. Good stuff from uh, from Tom. Did I forget anybody? Do you think Michael did get everybody? Got everyone? Got Jared here? Got them all? All right. I guess that's everybody. That just leaves the man to my far left. Riley Nelson. And to my near left. Mitchell Jurgens. The milkman. <laughs> Mitchell Jurgens. My name is Greg Grubel. Thanking you all for tuning in to BYU 38 and Wyoming 24. Tonight's final score. Back with you Thursday. It'll be a 4 o'clock Mountain Time pregame and a 6 o'clock kick for BYU and Utah State. In-state football back in the house on Thursday. That'll do it. So, I am Greg Grubel. Thanking you for tuning in and saying, in the meantime and in between time, this has been BYU Football on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Good night and so long from Provo, Utah. You have been listening to live coverage of BYU football on the new skid, BYU Sports Network. Coverage of today's game has been brought to you by All Pro Capital Real Estate Investments, by Les Olson IoT, your office technology partner, by Valhalla Fiduciary, expertise and independence in hedge funds. Also brought to you by Smith's Food and Drug. Get double fuel points and free grocery delivery with a boost by Smith's Rewards membership. BYU football 
is a production of BYU Athletics in association with BYU Broadcasting. Special thanks to BYU President Kevin Worthen, Vice President Keith Vorkink, Athletic Director Tom Homo, and Associate Athletic Director of Corporate Sponsorships Casey Stoffer. BYU Football is an exclusive presentation of the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Network.